Welcome, listeners, to episode three of Dads, Papas and Father Figures, the show that honours the best title a man can get. Each episode will bring you a personal interview with a different dad. Stay tuned right until the very end as today's dad will be playing out our episode with a song he made for his own brother, a soon-to-be dad. So grab a coffee, start your engine, and let's embark on this life sentence together. Welcome to Dads, Papas and Father Figures. Today I have, I think, the best guest yet. No. Definitely the best guest yet. Don't put the pressure on. John. <laughs> Hi. Just using first names here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not family. No. This one. I'm breaking the trend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I don't have family now. This is uh, this is the first one. Have you signed anything? No. I'm, I'm quite worried, actually. Okay, actually, just for my benefit, um, do you agree to do this podcast? <laughs> No. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah. Right, we're safe. I'm good, sorted. Yeah. I probably should look into paperwork, shouldn't I? If I keep this going, never thought of that. Well, we'll see. Um, so, really important questions for dads: Do I need release forms? Yeah, yeah. I'll look into that later. First thing I always like to ask is, what is your family dynamic? Crazy? No, I'm kidding. Um, well, there's me, and then there's my wife, Marie, and then my daughter, Poppy. So, and she's two and a half. So we're um, we're quite small and new as far as like families go. Um, yeah, I think I think newish still. Like, newish. I mean, we're not in the trenches, but we're definitely like there'll, there'll be a lot of people out there like two and a half. Oof, you have no idea what you're in for, like. <laughs> So I think you're still going to be a valuable guest today. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. With yeah. the two and a half year old, I think you're definitely you've been through some stuff. You've seen oh, some things. Yeah. I'm in the thick of the terrible twos, as it were. Yeah. Like, which I didn't think was going to be a thing. I was like, nah, Poppy will be fine. Nope. How has becoming a dad changed your perspective on life? The the only one I was thinking of the, the best example I can give you. <laughs> such a terrible example. I'm going to quote that really famous modern film called Uncle Buck. There's that great bit where he gets in the car when the two young kids are with him and the older kids run away, Tina's run away, and he's meant to be looking after them, but he wants to go to the horse race and gamble. I'm not into gambling. I'm not into horse racing. <laughs> what I'm saying is there's that great bit when he gets in the car with them and he like looks at him in the rear view mirror and like you just see his heart just sort of sink because he's just like, no, these are my responsibility. Like Now... I realise that makes me sound really selfish. Like, I have to look Poppy in the eye to be like, oh, I've got to prioritise you. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is it catches you off guard in, like, the, the weirdest of ways where you sort of catch yourself and go, oh, no, I can't because I've got a kid. Like, yeah. oh, I've got, I've got to do this. I've got to prioritise. But not necessarily in a negative way. Not in a negative way. And it's not about being selfish. It's not like you're sat there being, like, begrudgingly look, like looking after Poppy or whatever. It's just... And then... Like I said, there's almost this like inception, uh, in- incubation period where like it becomes a noticeable thing. And then before you know it, I'm only, she's only two and a half. So I'm not like fully into this, but like it's already at that point where it's just like second nature. So it's, it's, it's weird. It's a very long, very, very long winded way of, of saying, I don't have an answer for your question. <laughs> <laughs> what parenting myths slash hacks slash ideologies really boil your piss? A, a lot of them boil my piss, which makes me sound really terrible, but it's it's not normally, 
it's not normally the hack that annoys me. It's the way that someone packages it. I think you'd mentioned in the last episode about the whole Instagram versus reality thing. It's because most people get their like parenting hacks and stuff from social media now. So like I would far more listen to someone who was sat with me just like, oh, by the way, I tried this the other day sort of thing. But even in them situations, it sometimes comes across with this like holier than now approach. It's like what you should do is and it's like, okay, um, because I think it's really dangerous online when you see like these hacks because I suppose it's it's like an Ikea catalogue. Looking through an Ikea catalogue, you go, oh, that looks really nice. But you forget like the, the, <laughs> the near divorce you have trying to get it into the car. You forget the fact that you lose the, the little Allen key when you're putting it together and that you break the little hardboard at the back of it and you just hide that bit in the corner. Like you forget the absolute nightmare it takes to get to what's in the actual Brochure. And even then, it doesn't look like the brochure. And no, it doesn't. And then no. it, and then you just think it still doesn't look right. Like that's that's how I see a lot of hacks and tips and stuff online. I just sort of go like, that's fine, but I know you're, you you have not done that in that moment. It's it's like like cooking hacks. It's like you try and copy one of them, and your your kitchen's on fire with like a hundred pans on the go, and then you look at what you've made, and you're like, oh right, yeah, that didn't work. Like so, I so the the one that annoys me the most, but it's because we try and do it is the whole gentle parenting it's the the concept doesn't bother me i think it's a great idea and we we're trying to do it but it, it goes back to that thing of how it's presented it's it's like i say this sort of like holier than now approach of people like and again i think you've touched on this in the last episode it's like you know sit down and listen to their feelings blah blah blah, blah. maybe i'm not feeling the benefit of it yet because she's two and a half but they say that you have to start really early mm-hmm. but like i think tom said in the previous episode that doesn't work when you're trying to leave the house yeah. like and it's not everyone's kids different and everyone requires a different um approach so yeah like it's not necessarily the hacks that boil my piss it's it's the way that people approach them it's it's sometimes almost treat like a religion it's like you you should totally do this it's like people definitely i've met parents that treat their parenting ideas as a religion and that they have to stick to this like commandments sort of thing and yeah it can be quite exhausting to be around that sort of person where they've got no flexibility um one that sometimes springs to my mind is i think about i think it's really good to have consistency when it comes to like a bedtime and things like that and and routine yeah yeah but that can become a religion in itself as well and like i remember growing up and you know, and, and I think my wife's had a very similar upbringing where, like, if the f- if your parents have friends around and they're all drinking till late and all having a good time, like, as a kid, sometimes you were just involved. And you oh, were, yeah, yeah. Like, you were part of it and bedtime's long gone and yeah. you, it just Sometimes goes on. out the window. Yeah, and, and Catherine said she's got, like, really happy memories of, like, having a little sleep on the, on on the, the sofa, sofa yeah, in, yeah. in the parents' house because mum and dad are still having a good time. I think there's something quite healthy in that, in that kids learn that, that you can break the routine and there can be exciting things. Yeah. But, but I've met parents that are very down the line, like, we'll be coming to your house until 8pm and then we'll be leaving. And I sometimes think that's a bit, it's a bit militant, isn't it? Yeah. Bed, like you say, bedtime seems to have like the most opinions and hacks for it. It's like, it's like, like you say, it's just, just, just go with the floor. We really, we really struggled with Poppy and we were cuddling her for a long time. And we had people saying like, oh, you know, like someone made a joke once 
because we knew she was coming up to nap time and I was like, I'm going to take her back and give her a cuddle. And they're like, oh, they said something about her being spoiled. And I was like, she's not spoiled. I'm just cuddling her. Like, she's not even two. I'm going to cuddle her. Like, <laughs> she's ruined. Yeah, she she's ruined. Yeah, she's going to be Kim wipe, Jong-un. That's wiping what's happening. Yeah, wiping her bum and cuddling her. What are you doing? Like, she should be out, you know, working. It's just like, it's fine. Like, it's absolutely fine. The, the, one hack that's just sprung to mind, actually, is... Um, when you, when you see people, I, I don't want, I didn't want to get something specific because like, I never know when I'm going to use it with Poppy, but it always annoys me when someone like makes something in their house and they're like, you can make this little thing for your kid. Now I know you are class at this, like the floor is lava, <laughs> obstacle courses and stuff like that. And I'm, I, I like to think I'm good at that, but it's when it's like, it goes back to the Ikea thing. It's this really intricate thing. It's like, if you have these discs of paper lying around and these things and these split pins and these blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't have art attack in the back of my house. I've got some paper and some crayons. The minute I get them out, she's just going to want to like scroll in circles. Or move on to the next thing. Or move on to the next thing because yeah. the piano's next to it, the little kid's piano thing. So I'm like, if I try and cut like 20 perfectly formed circles and draw little dies on them and stuff like that, I'm like, she will have lost interest and probably be shouting Paddy Bear at me because yeah. she wants to watch Paddington because what I'm doing is like, yes, I understand that I need to prep it, but when have I got the time to prep it? <laughs> like, when she's napping? Okay, great. When she's napping, I'm trying to like clean the house. I'll just sit for a second and stare at the wall. Some of the best sort of toys I've found or like things like that, things that have been fashioned in the house, the best ones are the ones that take the minimum amount of effort to make, but the maximum amount of time to enjoy. And yeah, those sort of toys are worth the weight in gold because, yeah, you, you basically don't have to mess around for too it's, long. Yeah. But it keeps them busy for such a long time. I'm trying to think of a really good example. It's a little win for you. Yeah. I can't think of an example. For well, head. one the other day was we were going out and I was taking my camera because, you know, I like to make my life harder. Um, so I was taking my camera to take some pictures while we were out. And Poppy was wanting to play with it. And, like, I tried to be, like, good at letting her play with things. But I was like, no, no, no. Like, she, she might break this. So I found an old, like, 35 mil film camera that I know is knackered and I give her it best thing she'd ever played with oh. spent the whole day and I was just like nailed it like give me all the parenting hacks you want and like tips and advice of like how to entertain a child but like you say it's just like no she she thinks she's got something grown up there like win yeah like it's immediately cooler than every other toy she's got yeah and I'm sure someone would look at that and go like oh well you shouldn't do that because you know they they need to understand there's a barrier between grown up and blah blah, blah. And it's just like in, in the moment you're just like nah She's, she's happy as Larry. I mean, she was pointing it the wrong way and looking down the lens. So like internally, I was a little bit like, just just turn it around. And she was, she was not having it. I was like, no, I need to like chill out now. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. Turn it around and point it at the subject. It's not even focused, Poppy. Oh my God. The exposure's all wrong. I'd like to know about another time that you think you absolutely smashed fatherhood. So the, the the first thing that popped to my mind with that was, and it, again, it shows you how relevant uh, it shows you how relative it all is. In the very early days, so um, Marie was breastfeeding for like six weeks, I think it was, um, and in them early days, or like the latter end of the breastfeeding phase, we started to introduce like one bottle. And I remember one night where Marie did like, cause she was just up all the time with Poppy Blesser, like, cause it was taking a while to do the feed. And then after the feed, and like she practically wasn't sleeping and you're trying, you're trying to help by like bringing the baby, bringing Poppy over and stuff. But like at the end of the day, like there's not much you can do in that moment. So when we started introducing one bottle, I remember one win that I was like, yes, was Marie did like a feed, let's say at like midnight 
And then Poppy, I took her downstairs so she could sleep in the Moses basket downstairs while I just sat on the sofa. So Marie could definitely get some sleep. And she slightly ran over her feeding time, Poppy, asleep. So she didn't wake till three instead of two. So when she woke at three was when I was doing the bottle. So I managed to do the bottle and Marie didn't wake up. And then she went back to sleep again and had another little decent sleep. And it was a one-off almost. But I just remember in the moment, like just being sat downstairs, like I hadn't slept. But that was fine because I could pick up sleep left, right and centre. But I remember sitting downstairs with this massive sense of achievement, just like Marie's going to have had like six hours of sleep. Like she is going to like, she's going to wake up and think she's been in a coma. It's been that long. Like it's going to blow her mind. And like Poppy woke at around six and was crying. So I took her up and like, Marie was like, what's happened? Um, (laughs) What year is it? Yeah. (laughs) Is this still Earth? Six hours. um, It probably, it was actually probably less than that to be fair. But I remember at the time being like, oh, like, I feel like I've smashed it, like, but it's all relative because, like, that now, Marie's like, that's not the currency we use now. She's like, that's what you're doing. Like, just just crack on. There's loads of jobs to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah, because there's there's always the, 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 the smaller things that are, like, just great. Like, the you know, the very quick one was the, the other week when we had that terrible rain. I had Poppy for the day and I was just like, I, I, I can't take her out because she'll get soaked. I could dress her up, but, like, I was being a bit lazy. So I took her out in the car, pulled up near T's barrage, sat her in the front seat next to me, and we had a Costa sort of, I got her a little cheese and tomato toasty. I put Paddington on my phone. She was in her element. We were having like a little car picnic. Like yeah. that, that's a, that's a great win. Like there's, but there's, there's always like loads of little wins like that where you just go like, I wasn't expecting this, but this they're worked out favorite, actually yeah. quite fun. Yeah, like, they're, my, they're, they're my absolute favorite. She was loving it. I do, gen- I do genuinely think that I look back at some of those and I, I hope, I like to think in my mind that they're the things that they little memories that they'll keep and just have a little Absolutely. fond memory of. Weirdly, someone I was chatting to said that one of their earliest memories was sitting in the piss and rain with the dad, like just, just eating a sandwich, like under a bus shelter or something. And I was like, oh, all right, okay, that's quite cool. Like, <laughs> so yeah, like you say, I hope them are the things that are sort of like the weird memories that just stay latched. Can you tell me about a time that you failed fatherhood? <laughs> this, I had loads of answers for this. Like... <laughs> They spring to mind immediately. This was brilliant. What do you want it? Alphabetically, chronologically, like it's yeah, every birth, day. Birth to now. Yeah. Like how old is she? Two and a half years. I've got two and a half years of stories. Um, no, like it's weird. Cause like you feel like you're feeling all the time because I don't know so far anyway, this might, this might start to even out. Like I almost don't want to know if it doesn't, um, but like two and a half at the moment. And it's like, it feels like every time you get the hang of something, it changes and then you shit again. Like yeah, the goalposts move, start again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry for swearing. But like it, it just feels like you just get into a routine or a rhythm with something and then you go, Oh right, okay, I know what this means, I know what that means, I know what she means when she's getting like this, I know how to calm her down when she's like this. Like we've had two weeks, the last two weeks, where we I don't know if it was growing pains, teeth. I don't know what was causing it to be ratty, but she was being ratty and like you, you can't help it. But I was just like Oh right, okay. Here we go. We're in like, we're, we've moved up to the next level now. I'm, you know, I'm I'm on level eight, and I'm depleted with my health. Um, <laughs> Amazing, that's terrible. Um, but like, the, the the one that sprung to mind when I read that question was, I felt so bad. Um, we'd been to this garden centre for like a Christmas thing, um, over near Stokesley. <clears throat> And we were out in the car park afterwards and there was this like gravel track down to like 
just some farmland and it was just a nice view and because I'm an idiot and I like to make life hard for myself. I was like, mm, let's go take a picture down there. And sort of like, <laughs> I, I, knew, I knew you were going to say it was for a photo. You knew it was a photograph. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, oh, let's go take a picture. Um, <laughs> so we just started walking down. I just had the camera around me at this point. I wasn't really bothered. And Poppy was walking, but she was she was in that phase where she was just a bit like something new would, would like a slight bump in the road would make a trip or something. She's not as confident. She wasn't as confident as she is now running around and stuff. But she was walking confidently. And we were trying to hold her hand and, you know, she didn't want to hold our hand. Anyway, at one point, and it's, it's totally non-camera related what happened, but it, the only reason I think we were walking down there was so I could take a picture. But at one point she stopped and turned and looked up to us and just that motion was enough for her to just like lose her balance and fall backwards. And she bounced onto a bum. And I remember internally thinking like, oh, dodged a bullet there. And then it was like in slow motion, she just slowly rocked back and, but she's only sat on the floor. So it wasn't exactly like a full fall, but she rocked back and went straight onto her head. And well, it must've been last Christmas time so she was like uh one and one and a half nearly mm-hmm. well she was she was two in march put it that way um Marie sat at home like get the times right john <laughs> um so it what i'm trying to get at is it's not like she was at that really early stage where her skull's still forming she was walking and stuff but she hit her head and her reaction just like broke my heart then you i was trying to be calm i was like oh it's all right not that marie was freaking out but like marie was being the more appropriate reaction. She was like, oh my God, she's just hit her head and I'm trying to be chill as anything. And then next thing I noticed is a little bit of blood and then she's got this gash in the back of her head and I was just like, oh my God. Like, um, and she was fine. I should probably should probably point that out. A little trip to the um, hospital in Redka um, and a bit of a wait later. Um, and, you know, they had a look at it and cleaned it just out of a formality, but she was absolutely fine. Um, but I remember th- like... It was the drive to the hospital when, like, we were both... We weren't annoyed with each other. We weren't, like, weren't like freaking out or anything. We were both just, like... I feel like we were both the appropriate levels of, like, quiet and concerned. And yeah. Poppy was sort of fine in the back. She was just sort of crying a little bit, but then, like, laughing at the odd little thing we were doing. And I just... It's it's the, it's them moments where like between that drive or then when you sat waiting in the in in the waiting room like Marie's parents came along because they obviously live around the corner so they came along to help just to sort of be like a bit more entertainment and she was running around the hospital room like she was they, fine they love doing that yeah. yeah to the point where you're looking at her like great make me look like the idiot yeah you yeah. feel so guilty on the doctor in front of you going <clears throat> or the nurse going I swear it looked it was worse yeah there, there was there was blood coming yeah. from this child like <laughs> I'm I've, I'm not done this before so I just thought this was the appropriate reaction now she's making me look like a complete tool like <laughs> I told you the one where Leo split his head open and um so we were at it was again during COVID time and COVID time the time of COVID, COVID time and I was chatting to Catherine's mum and dad on the on their driveway like with them at the door and I'm chatting away to them and Leo is just running laps around their car because he's getting bored of adults talking yeah, yeah. so he's Shut just up. running and running and running around the car and I'm like if he's happy it means I can just have a conversation for a second and then and then the steps stopped and I just heard like a, a oh. perfect thud and I was like that's that's not good and I like quickly the air changes. Yeah, like, you, you can the whole it. world sort of changes a little bit. You're like, I know something's happened here. Yeah, and I, and I ran around the other side of the car, and he was just laid perfectly flat, oh, still no. with his head touching the floor forward, <laughs> and I panicked. And it was as I picked him up, he'd basically they have like like a tarmac drive with like little red stones in it, 
And the way he'd fallen, one of those stones had perfectly dug into the front of his skull. <laughs> so on his forehead. So when I lifted him up, it like broke the seal sort of thing. Oh, like a plug. Yeah. So as I picked him up, the blood just perfectly started running down his face. Then he started crying his eyes out. And I didn't deal with it very well. Like I immediately started freaking out to the point where, bless Catherine's <clears throat> parents, just tacked off COVID for a second and went, get in the house. Yeah. So it dragged me in and Catherine's mum was like grabbing tea towels and, and like Bless dabbing him. up the blood and she was going don't worry I boil wash them because <laughs> that's what you worried about in that moment yeah. like and then how many how many cups has this uh, dried up yeah. and I wasn't I wasn't being at all like I was probably adding to Leo's panic and, and worries yeah yeah and they were just like that older moron it just they've seen these things come and go yeah, and yeah. just control <clears throat> the situation he's crying he'll be fine that's yeah. one of the first things they say like and then we, we could see it was a deep like very small but very deep uh, hole. So then, Mo said, "Look, you're gonna have to. You're gonna, you, I think you'll be going to hospital." So I'm ringing Catherine, and she still reminds me of this today because I rang her without giving her very much context to what was going on. So I basically your blood head <laughs> genuinely. <laughs> so I rang her, going, "Right, I'm, I'm. He's coming in the car now. I'm gonna pick you up. We're going to hospital. There's blood everywhere. See you later. Bye." <laughs> Catherine's just pale on the other end of the phone, yeah. like, what? So she was freaking out. Oh, no. And then by the time we pulled up, the, uh, he like his window was down. So she pulled up to just this kid looking at her with blood all down his face, <laughs> holding a holding his tea towel. And then we both went to hospital. And then one of us had to leave uh, after once because he'd calmed down. Oh, because COVID. Yeah, one he had to leave. Yeah, so he'd, he'd, he'd calmed <laughs> down in the waiting room, and I think he'd almost gone to this weird point of hysterics, uh, as in. No, I started like, um, like he was suddenly a bit like Zen. Yeah, he was this sort of weird, floaty. He was, Maybe he just recognised the panic on you and was like, you know what, one of us has to be one of us up here. Have to chill out because <laughs> you're stressing me out, Dad. But he was really relaxed, and you could see he'd been crying and stuff. But he was being all funny and and making funny noises. And we were and so at this point, I'm videotaping it to 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 see how funny he's, he's acting. And then and then. <laughs> Then they came over and said, look, one of you is going to have to leave. At which point I was like, totally get it. That's that's on me. This this happened on my watch. Yeah. I'm staying for this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Catherine's really good at sort of normally, she, she like she has that maternal instinct of I want to be with my baby. Yeah, yeah. But she was like, accepting. I was quite... You break it, you fix it. Like... No, no. Well, it was me that was like, no, I'm sticking around for this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see this through. Yeah, yeah. Because I was aware that the next bit might be pretty awful. Anyway... Catherine went back to the car and I had to go into the room where the doctor had to then clean it, but also use tweezers to get out bits oh, of stones and stuff. Him. And I dodged a bullet because I think he was still in some sort of trip from the... Oh, right. What do you call it? The um, Like the adrenaline. The adrenaline of, or something. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like stood looking at his profile while they were... I saw the tweezers like going into his head. You know, oh, do you remember when I said about like yeah. hearing about someone else's injury? <laughs> yeah. oh. And I could see the tweezers going in and then pulling bits out. And he was so chill about it. And then they like, it ended up just needing to be like stuck together a bit and, and some butterfly stitches to sort of lock it. So it, it, it didn't look terrible once he'd cleaned it out, but the obviously heads bleed pretty well. Oh, yeah. And I almost felt guilty at how well it went. So when I got back to the car, I wanted to like lie and go, well, that. That was torture. Screaming, clinging on to me. It was oh, terrible. I had to pin him down. It was awful. Like, I, 
I really took a bullet there. <laughs> Catherine, you've got like so much to make up from this, like <laughs> from the thing that happened on my watch. <laughs> what advice would then you decide to give to another dad, even if it's hypocritical? Take take on, listen to, and try and take on and try and retain as much advice as you are given or offered up. But, and this is the crucial but, feel free to ignore and disregard as much as you want. Like, use it as like a bank of things because 99% of it might be a complete waste of time and might not be applicable to you. But you never know in like... <laughs> in the early days when you're in the trenches and it's like four in the morning and you, you're just like the kids screaming or whatever and you're trying to feed them or whatever the, the case is. And it's it's them moments where you, your brain just completely steps back and it's just like, you know what, you're on your own. Like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, mm-hmm. I can't help you. It's in them moments, for me anyway, that the odd like little random, not hack, <laughs> <laughs> but, but a little random passing comment that someone had once made or something that I read or heard or would go like, oh, I'll give that a go. And it's not about whether it works or not. It's just, it gives your brain then something to go, right, this is what I've, this is, this is the next it's, move. It's interesting that I'm sure there'll be contradictory people that come on in the future 100%. that say, well, this is exactly what I think yeah. it should be done. But, you know, I'm starting off with people that I know that I'm close to that are, that are in my close circle. And so far, they, there's a very similar theme of listen and, and be welcome to that advice. But, don't worry about it too much. Yeah, like, this isn't me trying to say, like, anyone who gives you advice is wrong. I'm, I'm trying to say the opposite, which is anyone who gives you advice is valuable. It's just what you do with the advice is totally up to you. It goes back to that thing of not feeling pressured. Or, like, I suppose there's one bit of advice is don't get, like, don't let other parents push you out of your own comfort zone, especially when the baby's there, like, especially when you have your kid. Like, there's so many examples already when she's two and a half where I've been in the company of other parents and they're all, it's that attitude of like, oh, you should let them do that. No, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. And I'm like, well, your kid might be fine doing it, but I know Poppy might have a meltdown. Then she has a meltdown. And then they're like, oh, she'll be fine. And I'm like, but I knew I could have avoided that. Yeah. Like, so there's one bit of advice. Like, don't get, don't get, like I say, pushed out of your own comfort zone by another parent. Like, you're all just sort of making it up as you go along anyway. So... We really are. You're totally just winging it. We there's really there's are. no, you can prepare as much as you want and do prepare as much as you can, but like y- y- everyone's just just trying the best. And I think for, for expectant dads or even sort of earlier in the process, process, <laughs> process. people earlier in this sort of like journey, the, the courting stages, <laughs> like how early are we talking? The fatherhood, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I haven't met her yet. Um, but I think, I think. Like, there's a big thing of giving yourself a bit of a break. Yeah. Because people really are winging it and making it up to some extent. Yeah. And people have plans in place, but quite quickly, kids know how to get rid of plans. Yeah. They're great at just deciding. They don't even have to read the plan, but they go, I'm going to mess with it. They're just plan. a black hole for a plan. Yeah. They just sort of take it and go like, oh, that's gone. Yeah. You had something in mind, <laughs> what, did you? What are you going to do now? No, I've, I've, I've got rid of that already. Yeah. But, like, you, you don't get to sit a test. You don't get to go through a, no. a thing to say that you're allowed to do this. You just... That that initial moment when you get home with the kid for the first time, you're just like, Who's, whose idea was this? That's really Who, bonkers, yeah. Who's left us in, chi- in, in charge of a child? I'm pretty sure the first night we had Leo in the flat on our own and this, this brand new baby, and I remember pacing up and down our like little hallway in the flat, and <laughs> it was insane thundering and lightning. 
it was like something nice. from a horror film. <laughs> and, you know, like, yeah, and yeah. like the curtains flashing. <laughs> and I was walking up and down with this kid going, what has happened? What? Why? Why am I allowed to have this? Yeah, camera? like, who signed this off on a piece of paper? Like, <clears throat> who's checking on this? I know the health visitor's in, but like between that, like... It's, that's a surreal moment. This, this, is, this is my favourite one, because when I realised this, I was like, no one ever told me this, right? Who tells you when you're having a child that you need to get ready to make really intense eye contact with someone while they're having a poo? <laughs> right? And it might not be the same for every kid. Every kid might not make eye contact with you, but Poppy, I'm really sorry, Poppy, when you grow up and hear this, but like when, when she was like standing and walking around and like doing like bigger girl poos, I just remember like her making eye contact with me and just like really staring and then going red. And I was like, what's, what's happening? That's, what's happening yeah. right now? And then it started happening a few times. I was like, no one could prepare me for that. There's not many humans you get to stare in the eyes. While Whilst you hear crapping. defecation. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> defecation, yeah. I tried to be nice about it. Um, I mean, I, I rarely do that in front of Catherine now. What, poo in front of her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try and keep it to a weekend thing. Yeah. like <laughs> Just keep it, you know, Just, lively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bouncing around. I don't want to expect it. No, 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 no. It's, it's got to be unexpected. That's the best. Just before dinner sometimes. Like, that's when Poppy seems that's to That's what kids decide yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. It's and like, it's weird how much you get used to that as well. Yeah, like. yeah. It's just like, oh, you've made, oh, it's, the house smells nice. You've made, a, you've yeah. prepared a nice meal. Well, I'm about to make it smell like manure. Yeah. Um, and then you'll have to deal with that and your food will go cold. Yeah. But then, crack but on. then you still, then the next thing you're eating cold fajitas going, it's fine. You're eating cold fajitas, but all you can smell is shit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to swear. But like, no, I, it's good. I made these little stupid notes of things that like of the early stages or the pre-stages that like where your brain is just complete mush. So like another simple one, which I, I don't, I don't know if this is advice or if it's just like common sense. Maybe people listen to it going, yeah, I know that. But clothes with poppers, like at the bottom, I mean, when they're really little. Yeah. So in an emergency or a punami, you can just rip the bottom open yeah, yeah. instead of one of them ones with like a diagonal zip across the front then you've got to untuck the legs. That's stupid. Like That's no really one stupid. no one tells you that yeah. and then you're in a moment where like you can see like brown stains emerging. I realise these are all centred around poo. They're not mm-hmm. meant to be. But like little, thing, little things like that that like I never really like would have considered and that like it's no one's fault that they didn't tell me that. Like, I was just like when you when I saw the question of like is there any advice? I was like, I don't know if it's advice or if it's just little, it's hacks, isn't it? I've turned into my own worst enemy. <laughs> no, it's parenting hacks. The, the poppers one, I always thought, when I first tried to put them on, I was like, who designed these? These are terrible. Like, you've got to mess around with each button. But it's not about the getting them on. It's it's, it's the getting them off. How quickly can you get these? If you can get colour-coded ones as well, do you see them? So oh, some no. of them are silver, some of them are copper, some of them are gold. So you know which is what, the like leg, each, which is... Oh, okay. So you know which is left leg, which is right leg, which is like crotch area. That's genius. That's like... Well, there's a hack. I didn't so know you that. So you can pop at them really quick because you're like, oh, gold to gold. You know, because sometimes you have to start with one leg and work your way around. And, and yeah, and you get it wrong. You get and, to the end and it's... And off. then you look at them and go... In the first stages, you're like, oh, I must redo that. And then as they get slightly older in their early stages, you're like, that's fine. This, you look wonky. It you, doesn't you'll matter. live. You're just going to crawl around and poo anyway. I think it's obvious that we now finish with some dad jokes. Now, we don't want to drop the ball now. Yeah, I know, and this is the problem. Tom's joke from the last episode was the monkeys in the bath. I'd never heard that before. You've never heard the monkeys I've in the bath? I've never heard joke. the monkeys in the bath. I might have done, but I've forgotten that it. That is one of my favourites. And I literally listened to that and was like, there's literally no point appearing on this podcast. Like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't top it. 
It's one of my favourites. I don't have a joke to top it. I've got one dad joke and one story about a dad joke and that's it. And everyone's like, what do you mean a story about a dad joke? That in itself is a dad joke, you fool. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, I'll go first. Okay. I've got one ready. Prepared. I'm ready. My grief counsellor died the other day. He was so good at the job, I didn't give a shit. Oh, God. That took a second, that. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's a good one. Do you want the one that I thought of? Yeah. You've probably heard it, but I'd like you to answer appropriately. What did uh, What did Batman say to Robin before they got in the Batmobile? Get in, Robin. Robin, get in the Batmobile. Oh, yeah, you got it right. Yeah, I need you. That's why it's a dad joke, because you can sort of half piece it together and you go, all right, yeah, was that a joke? The anti-joke. The anti-joke, yeah. Like, what's brown and sticky? A brown stick. But I feel like dad jokes have to be... I don't know, I feel like to categorise a dad joke, it's got to be embarrassing, but also somewhat admirable. It's Yeah, it's not only got to be embarrassing, or in the moment... It's quite often a joke that everyone thinks of, but no one is bothered to say Well, dad says it. Like, so what I would class the epitome of a dad joke, my dad is class at dad jokes. My dad's got like so many jokes up his sleeve. But this one, like he's got like the the normal ones that come out all the time. Like, you know, I can't think of them, any of them off the top of my head now, I'm freaking out. But this one came to mind immediately, right? And I think it's, I think it's perfection because it's terrible. Me and Marie, before Poppy, years ago, we were at my parents' house one night, <clears throat> just sat chatting away and... In a passing comment, I was talking about one of my mates and I just went, oh, blah, 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 blah. He's, um, he's working night shifts now. And my dad, with like the undeserved confidence of like an Edinburgh Fringe headliner, <laughs> just without missing a beat, goes, what is he, an owl? <laughs> and there was this like split second of like, what the f... And like Marie then like, chortled it and the problem is and this is the epitome of a dad joke is she laughed and that just encourages him and then all these other crap jokes come out and then I just absolutely howled and I was just like when you break it down it's not funny it doesn't make sense my mate's working night shift what is he an owl like that's not even a joke but in the moment like I could just see this look on my dad's face of just like nailed it nailed it and there was like it's that it's that moment where you just sort of like go Oh, and then internally you go like, oh, I'm, I'm too proud of you to be uh, to be angry at that joke. <laughs> I think sometimes a dad joke is quite unfiltered as well. It's just they the words are leaving their mouth as they're being thought. Which yeah, yeah, it quite exciting. <laughs> yeah, like everyone everyone's flying by the seat of the pants in that yeah. moment. It's like, what's he gonna say? Oh, yeah. So I've got one more. Yes, I'm trying to think. Come on, I should have written more down. The guy who stole my diary just died. My thoughts are with his family. Oh. We've reached the end of episode three. Wow. Thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you for having me. And on such an early podcast in its early stages. It's great. You're doing, a, you're doing a class job. I'm just pleased I'm getting such quality, quality dads. And father figures and pals. That's that's a response to me, not the not Joe and Tom who's been on beforehand, by the way. Mm, I think you're wrong. Um, no, thanks very much for having me. <clears throat> Sorry if I waffled on a bit. Thank you for listening to episode three of Dads, Papas and Father Figures. 
If you have any burning questions that you'd like me to ask future guests, or if you know a dad that would like to come on and give us a peek into their psyche, then please email the podcast at dpathpod at gmail.com. That's dpafpod at gmail.com. And as is tradition, please find us on social media, dpathpod. I will get better at social media. Follow us on your podcast app, and if you do nothing else before you go to sleep tonight, leave a comment. Here's a song for John's brother and expecting dad, David. Ladies and gentlemen of the class of 23, use water wipes. If I could offer you only one tip for the future, water wipes would be it. The long-term benefits of water wipes have been proved by scientists, whereas the rest of my advice has no basis more reliable than my own meandering experience. I will dispense this advice now. Enjoy the power and beauty of those early months. Oh, never mind. You won't fully enjoy those early months until they're behind you. But trust me, in a couple of years, you'll look back at photos of you all and recall in a way you can't grasp now how tired you were, but how happy you all looked. You are definitely as tired as you imagine. Don't worry about sleep deprivation. Or worry, but know that broken sleep and forced awakenings are the things that really take time to adjust to. The real troubles with the baby are apt to be things that never crossed your worried mind. Like a poon army at 4pm on some idle Tuesday. Get used to making intense eye contact with someone pooing. Try to pre-extract wipes for poos. Try to have gloves ready. You never know when you might have a cut on your hand. Smile. Don't worry if the baby bond isn't immediate. Sometimes it surges, sometimes it slips. It will ebb and flow. You're allowed to take time. Partners should pack the hospital bag and know where everything is, even in an emergency. If you succeed in doing this, tell me how. Buy clothes with poppers, preferably colour-coded. Laugh. Careful of those who say parenting comes naturally. Some of the most inspiring parents I know struggled with the baby bond, the changes in lifestyle or routines. Some of the most inspiring parents I know still struggle. Remember they are little learners, not little idiots. You can't use the same trick for too long. Maybe they'll sleep, maybe they won't. Maybe they'll eat healthy, maybe they won't. Maybe you'll dodge the terrible twos. Maybe you won't be the parents who play Hey Dougie on their phone in public. Whatever you do, don't congratulate yourself too much. Or berate yourself either. Your choices are half chance. So are everybody else's. Enjoy their development. Encourage it everywhere you can, but don't rush it or be afraid of the pace of it. Crawl, walk, talk, it'll happen in good time. Cuddle. Cuddling them to sleep doesn't make them spoiled, it makes them human. Plan the birth, even if you don't follow it. Do not be pushed out of your comfort zone by other parents, it'll only make you distressed. Get to love their phases. You'll never know when they'll be gone for good. Positively encourage tidying up. 
It's sometimes the best way to fill chunks of the day and it's total brain-free parenting. Understand that parenthood is tricky. Once you crack something, it changes and you're shit again. Go and stand in their room when they're sleeping. Listen to them breathe. It is the most profound form of medicine and can centre you after a hard day with or without them. Watch parenting advice videos, but stop before they become too toxic. Watch parenting bants videos, but stop before they become too distracting. Rest. Accept certain developmental truths. They'll sleep less, they'll need more activities, they will grow up. And when they do, you'll fantasize that when they were young, they slept a lot longer, didn't need to do as many activities, and maybe you should have embraced the monotony. Embrace the monotony. Don't oversubscribe the early months with classes and tasks. Maybe you'll attend one group, maybe you'll take them to a cafe. But do not feel bad if you cannot be asked. When they're on their feet, you'll crave classes, because by the time they're two, the days will feel like months. Be confident with parenting techniques you adopt, but be understanding, within reason, of those you don't agree with. Every child needs a different strategy. Ignoring other people's strategies as a way of deluding yourself into thinking you have a blueprint or have it exclusively right, and potentially missing out on a trick you might crave later down the line. But trust me, on the water wipes. <laughs>